0: We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind.
1: It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters, with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams.
2: On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world, covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered.
0: Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. This episode is brought to you by the good folks at New Smile. Just use the code PROSPORTS to get $150 off any of their teeth aligning kits. So turn up the dial on your smile with New Smile. Now on to the show.
2: Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. My name is nee Wallace Bruce, aka NWB, and I am joined as always by Corbett Durant, otherwise known as Kobe. Kobe, how you doing?
0: I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Let's get to it.
2: That's it. And today we have a special guest. He is the former pitcher from the LA Angels. He's now doing the business side of things with, with his partner, his wife. He is Ty Buttry. Ty, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I appreciate you guys having me on, and um,
1: I'm excited. I, you know, I've been following you guys a lot on your IG and everything and it's been really cool and um, I appreciate you guys sending me the quotes and stuff. I, that's that's awesome. So I'm uh, it's the first time I've ever been called a businessman, so I'm uh, I like to hear that, I guess. It's different. You know, being the baseball player now I guess businessman you could say.
2: That's it. And mate, you I guess you've pretty much played baseball since school. Uh, you you came straight out of high school, you were drafted by the Red Sox, and you played right up until this April where you decided to walk away from the game. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, geez, that, you know, this whole decision, everything that's happened since April has been, it's, I guess it's flown by. It's weird. Um, You know, there's been, there's so much emotion that kind of went into that. And I'll kind of, you know, I'll do my best job to talk about it. But basically, I, I said it, I think it's very simple. My whole life I've had baseball, right? Like I've always, from the time I was four years old, I'm sitting there and, you know, playing baseball, doing t ball, doing sports, doing some type of athletic event. And then obviously going into high school, you know, getting drafted out of high school, you know, I just went from high school to six years in the minor leagues. And when you're in that kind of that mode, it's like, all right, right, season, off season, season, off season, train, play, train, play, train, play. And I never knew anything outside of doing that. I take my training very serious. I take my growth very serious. And for me, not being able to, you know, when, and that's why I've talked about like like how COVID, um, I didn't say that in the letter, but like, you know, when COVID shut us down, right? Like when we were forced to go and chill in our house and hey, you can't leave and this and that, like, I was just kind of like, whoa, this is the first time in my life I've never had baseball. Like, I'm not going to a field right now. I'm not, no one's telling me what to do. Is there even going to be a season? And just being like a very, you know, my wife and I are very driven, wanting to achieve, wanting to grow. It just started kind of making other outlets in my life more available. You know, YouTube channel that she was doing. This interview process, Instagram, you know, content creation, being able to like build a brand just from behind your phone and making people happy and laugh. Like getting out, we, you know, we got an RV and I'll wrap it up. I know I talk a lot, but like, getting an RV, seeing the world, like I just started seeing other aspects that I've never been able to see in my life. And so like, you know, baseball gets taken away. My wife and I try to make the best of the situation. We have a blast. And then I'm working my ass off still for baseball. We're doing business. We're doing both. And I get into spring training and I just, the first two weeks was good. And then I just really started to feel like, you know what, Ty, like you want to do your own thing so bad with your, like, you want to do something that you can have freedom. You can go and hang out with your family. You can go on a vacation when you want. You can build a business what you want. You can put on your social media. There's no brand. It's just yourself and your wife. And then I started kind of asking myself some questions like, do you really love this game? Are you just kind of lying to yourself? Like, are you lying to the fans? You know, I wrote about that in the letter. And I started asking myself some questions like, is this really what you're going to do till you're 40 years old? You know, I mean, are you going to 162 games, see your family in the off season for three months, be on the road for 80 games? You're going to want the million dollars. Then you're going to want the 4 million, then the 10 million, then the 50 million. And it's like, I realized having that money wasn't, if I was chasing that money, which I was, I, I talked about that. If I was chasing the fame, which I was, and being, you know, proving people wrong, man, don't get me wrong. There's superficial happiness. You can go buy yourself a Lambo and live in a nice house and spend money. And, you know, you could feel good for, for that. But like, where's that deep meaning at? And that's when I know that's so, it's like, whoa, like that's a lot, but like that's how my brain kind of thinks. And I just going back to that April day, man, like I woke, I woke my wife up. I said, Sam, I'm effed up. She's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I just don't want to go in. Like I don't want to go nothing. I just, I don't know what's going on, babe, but like, this isn't right. Like, I'm effed up. And so, like, took some time off, talked to the angels. Um, well, I went home. Long story short, you know, that letter was
2: dropped and here we are. Wow. If you guys got all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did. That's, that's amazing. Hey, you did what was right for you. And I think sometimes in life, we, we forget about that. We're so busy doing other things, but you, it looks like, You're for the right reasons. I would say so. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I mean, as a fan of sports, a fan of athletes, I mean, from the outside looking in, you would assume that professional athletes have this big, broad life. But the way you describe it, it sounds like you're living in almost a box and you're trapped in that small space. As grand as it may appear, you don't have much freedom outside of it. So – it looks to me like by leaving the game, you sort of expanded your your horizons.
1: Well said, well said. And it's funny, like I go back to when I was in uh, AA. I actually I haven't really told anyone this, but like people don't know, like I went back to college while playing cl- classes. I kind of felt a little bit weird back then, like I was struggling. And I wanted that security and I was like, geez, man, I, you know, I've spent five years doing this and I'm, I suck right now. Like I better get a little fallback plan. I got no, no college education. And so I went back to school. I wanted to be a vet and like I was studying, like I only did a year's worth of community college, but just having that little break to get my mind outside of baseball, that helped me kind of get back into like, okay, you know, let's be, let's compete, let's win and like baseball players you said it, man, like it's a box, like it's a box. And like I was talking about, you know, having more individuality within the game. I think players should have, should be able to do business and hustle entrepreneurship on the side. I think that the game's so long and I'm not sitting here being like, well, like, like look at all this stuff, but like these guys needs, needs outlet, man. They need outlets more than just doing whatever and playing video games. Like there's, Baseball players are creative individuals, I promise you. Yeah, it's just you don't get
0: to see anything outside of baseball itself. That's, yeah, that's, that's kind of like the, I guess that's where the money comes in, right? The, the money is there to keep you doing that one thing and focused on that one thing. Yep. Now that you're not doing that, now that you've got new things in your life, you're, you're working on your own business, you're, you're pushing the social media side, is your day. Is it a better feeling when you wake up, basically?
1: Yeah, it's a way better feeling, man. I hate to say that. You know, I hate to throw shade. I'm not throwing shade at MLB and, like, kids' dreams, man. Like, that's the one thing, like, people are coming at me like, oh, you hate baseball. It's like, I don't hate baseball, man. Like, I don't hate it. Like, I want kids to play this game. I want to help use the knowledge I have to help kids get there. But, like, the world isn't honest, you know? (laughs) Like, the people don't say what they really want, and it's like – That's what I've always tried to do is just be honest, even though it may sound stupid. It may sound arrogant. It may sound weird. At least I'm true to myself. And so, you know, that letter can't come out, comes out, me talking about the minor league pay, you know, everyone thinks I'm like angry. It's like, I'm not angry. I see what I see and I'm going to say it. And so like when I would wake up, like getting back to your first question or your question was like, guys, like I would wake up and I just, I felt like I was driving to that nine to five job and clocking in and clocking out. And, you know, you get to the field around 132 and you're like, all right, you know, you kiss your wife goodbye. I just wasn't, I was like, why am I not, ex- why am I not excited walking into the stadium? Why am I not thrilled to be here right now? Like, And it just was a question, like, it just made me really like, what am I doing this for? And that's going back to your original question, opening question was like, you know, there was a couple things like that led up to this moment. Obviously, like I started having perspective and looking back on, okay, Ty, like, you've you've been doing this now for a couple years, you're still feeling that way. But yeah, like, I I wake up, I'm not gonna lie, like, it's a little bit more nerve wracking, because I don't have that consistent (laughs) paycheck. But like, that's what I chose. And like, I am okay with that. Like, I wake up and my wife and I get to do whatever we want, build whatever we want, help out go wherever we want. Not go wherever we want. But like, we get to do what we want, and that's that makes me happy, man. Like that's what I that's what really like I've always wanted, and you know, here we are.
0: Nice.
2: Yeah, that's awesome because I think you're right. The world the world is a little bit dishonest in that respect, and you've done what's right for you. You've you've recognized what you need to get from life, and you've ignored you know what others want you to do in life. Uh, it's important to do what's best for you. So you, you mentioned you spend five or six years in the minors, and the minor league for baseball is not pretty. I'm, I'm going to say how Oof. it is because it's one of the few leagues in the – I've heard someone describe it as indentured slavery, right? Oh, man. I've heard someone yep. describe it as indentured slavery. I hear that folks get paid ten to $12,000. The facilities aren't great. The – I need to hear it from someone who's been there. Tell us about the minor league system. Wow. That's a good way. I mean, whoever said that,
1: I definitely can see that because, you know, you sign these contracts out of high school or college, whether you're 19 or Venezuela Dominican, 16, you know, guys are signed at 16 years old. But it's like a college sign, 23-year-old man signs a contract. He's connected to that team for seven years. There's no, you hit 25, you're a minor league free agent. Like, you're a seven-year contract, so you get that thousand dollar signing bonus i fortunately got a large signing bonus and i regret deeply not speaking up more on this issue in my time in the mlb man but like getting back to the how you know the facilities are the food i mean some facilities are immaculate um usually like you know bigger cities like charlotte durham or else uh akron was always like there was a couple nice i mean vegas has you know vegas has a minor league stadium They're like there's minor league facilities out there it's usually usually triple a do a pretty good job the new ones are always nice but like that's not what really gets me you know the facilities the travel it is what it is man like you you know there's only so much you can do you know you got all these guys you got to bus them from after a game at 11 o'clock and you got to get to a stadium that's 10 hours away whether it's a flight a red eye a bus i mean the travel the facilities the conditions I don't try to fight that because th- that's the part, it's like any job, you know, you got to suck that up. But like the food, okay. I mean, seeing crickets and hamburgers, seeing that, you know, stuff that's been left out for hours, you know, just feeding your investments, shitty food, man. Like, why are we sitting here not feeding these guys? I'm not talking filet mignon. I'm not talking like high-end super food bowls that you would buy at like the, you know, the with the quinoa. Like, I, like sure, is that stuff nice? But like, I get it. There's a budget aspect, man, but like it doesn't take that much more money for food to be nutritious, to be, you know, go a long way. Um, it doesn't take that much more effort for them to give $5,000 more to a player, you know, making 10k. Like you said, 10k, that's the average salary of a minor league player. You know, it doesn't take much more to do these things that could go a long way. And so like, that's the part of me that like I'm not trying to throw stones. From the peanut gallery i'm just trying to say listen guys i get it that's how baseball is baseball is a tough man's game you got to be a man you got to do your thing you got to grind you got to get to the top you got to get to the dream i'm not sitting here trying to discourage kids whatsoever i'll tell you what if you can sit there in the minor leagues for six years and ultimately make it in the show it's one of the best life challenges you know one of the best things you can go for in becoming an adult becoming a man becoming who you want to be and i'm grateful for that but like Let's just simplify it, man. 10,000 bucks. You're part of the 1% athletes out there. You're foregoing, like, you're not getting a job. And like, if you don't make it to the show, where's your security? There's no union. There's no, yeah, there's some organizations that help out, but like, let's do something about this, man. Like, let's pay these guys. I'm not even talking 50k. Like, let's, hey, handshake deal at 25. We'll start from there. I think that's pretty fair, you know? <laughs> right. And is the commissioner going to do something about this? Is Manfred going to step in? No, I don't see Manfred stepping in. And I don't see the players union doing much at all. They have a big battle going on right now, I think. I want to say it's going to be a big battle with the new CBA. There's some stuff that's been on the hot seat for a while that they need to iron out. And my job is not to distract from that because I am mindful of, you know, all the I respect those guys on another level, those, you know, the elites in the game. And I don't want to ever throw stones at that. I just try to think, okay, is it a very important topic that should be brought up 1,000%? Should this be at the forefront 1,000%? Should other people in the MLB be talking about this and fighting for this? I agree. They should be. Is it going to happen? My guess is no. I think uh, it's just how the situation's been. And I do think, though, people are finally starting to be aware hmm. There's always been fundraisers and there's always been stuff like that. It's like, that's not the issue. Like, yes, that is, that will help. But it's the lack of awareness that people, people, people think these minor league players, man, they think they're rich. Like they think they're making 50, 80 K minimum. They think they're way better off than what they are. And it's like, yeah, there's some prospects that get nice money signing bonus, but like there's also 30 rounds. And after the you know, sixth, seventh round, the money just falls off the table. And so to answer your question, I don't think it's going to, but I want to continue raising awareness on the fact it's 10,000 bucks. Like, that's why I try to keep it simple. You know, keep it simple. 10,000 bucks. Like, does that seem fair? Does any logical person in the world think that paying a grown man with a family and kids, 25, 26, not to mention he's a 1% skill set. Does that make sense to pay someone 10K? I completely don't think so. No, absolutely not.
2: Um, now, just quickly, you touched on Charlotte and the minor league uh, team out there. Do you think Charlotte can host a major league team one day? Uh,
1: I mean, I grew up in Charlotte. I grew lived there for 17, 18 years, and I do. I think that city is blowing up. It's been blowing up for the last – I mean, geez, they have you know the Hornets. They have the Panthers. Um, I think they have an MLS team. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Uh, Charlotte FC, yeah. Yeah, so I think Charlotte can definitely – Hold it. I think they built that stadium too to where they could make it a like they could expand it easy. Like I think that was the intention. Mm. That was the intention that they built it to grow it into a potential MLB stadium, I think.
2: Right. That makes sense. Yeah, I remember there was talk of I think White Sox or the Rays moving there back in the day, but Yep. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh we'll see what happens in the next few years. Hey. Thanks for listening to the show. We really appreciate the support. If you love what you're hearing, please, we encourage you to leave a review over at podchaser.com and or if you listen on Apple, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling it, leave a five-star review. That really helps us out with what we're doing out here.
0: Thank you. Yeah, it's nice to hear you talk plainly about your experiences, why you left the game what you hope can improve, but I want to get away from that for a second. We could go on and on about unfair practices, (laughs) but right. For sure. What is it you're focused on now?
1: Yeah. So right now it's simple. I'm focused on one. I have my wife and I, we have behind the lights and that is me. That's more of a sports driven talk. We are working on building a camp in St. Croix in the Virgin islands. We went down there and there's not really baseball going on. So we've been working with the Senator, We've been working with, uh, some, com- the commissioner of sports and parks and rec and tourism trying to launch a behind the lights baseball academy. And that's going to be focused on obviously baseball skills, uh, financial literacy and the mental side of the game. So that's one little avenue. And then we have our behind the lights staying under that branch. Uh, we t- every Thursday at eight PM, eight PM Eastern, we have unfiltered sports talk, kind of, you know, the stuff that you guys are doing, which, you know, I love what you guys have been putting out and. But getting back to like, we have that behind the lights side, and then we have Drip Social. Drip Social is, it's basically who Sam and I've truly been our whole life. It's passion, it's crazy colors, it's EDM music, it's beats, it's hustling, it's art, it's all this stuff. And we're trying to make, you know, content creation, all these things. So Drip Social at its, at its simplest form, it's a lifestyle brand. We have an IG live show every Monday and Wednesday where we talk about some NFTs and we talk about crypto. We do a shot of liquor before we do the show of never again, do it again. Wednesday, we have social media businesses come on and tell the people about their business. And actually later today, we're going to go to an antique shop and look for some art because we want to start like painting the art like really cool colors and putting it on our website. So there's some stuff like drip social is like the whole point of it. And I know I've said a mouthful about it. But like, there was no business plan. There's no really logistics. Here's how we're going to make money. Here's what we're going to do. It's basically us figuring it out and trying to pour back into other people and seeing how that works. So that's kind of what I got on that.
0: (laughs) Okay. So you speak pretty passionate about that. Obviously, you're passionate about it. Is is that the way you felt about baseball in the beginning or no?
1: No, I definitely didn't feel like uh, at all. I can speak for hours about that. And like inside, I'm getting excited. I feel myself getting excited about it. I would get that feeling, you know, striking out the side, post-win feeling. Like that's a pretty cool feeling. But like, that's like a, for a moment, you know, that's just for a little bit of time. And then the next day you wake up and you're like, "Ah, ah, man, all right, it's over. This is like, I had this feeling when I played video games. I was a big nerd, guys. Like I was a geek, man. I still am a geek. Like I love computers. I love technology. I love just like, understanding how things work and growing and working hard. And like, those are always been my principles and that's kind of what drip is, I guess.
0: Nice. Nice. So how do you measure your success with drip social?
1: Well, I measure the one success is going to be how much money, everything we do. We want to tie 15% to 20% back to a charity of our choice. So the more money we're giving back to a charity, the more people we're making happy, smiling, that's how I judge the success. Obviously, the business side of that is followers, you know, the dreaded follower word in social media, more followers, more customers in a way, but we're doing drip teaching where we're going to, my wife's going to teach people how to edit, do stuff like that. So obviously I look at it as it's a community. We have this thing called a social web in our garage, everyone that follows it, we write their name on this nice graffiti thing. We're doing a few things. So how do I measure the success of it? I guess the more we grow, the more people that are happy, the more followers, the more money we're giving back to a charity. That's the success, I guess, you know? It's weird, but it's different. No, it's awesome, Ty. It's awesome.
2: Yeah, like the uh, COVID was obviously a significant moment in your life last year. And another thing that came out of COVID was NFTs. Whew. Tell us a little bit about those non-fungible tokens. Wow.
1: And if t- I got goosebumps you just talking about. them? They fire me up. And not even because people are flipping them making millions. Yeah, it's literally all I talk about. Um, my wife heard me say that. She, uh, so, like, going back to, like, guys, I loved art. Like, growing up, I would have these drawings of these monster dudes I would always hand draw. I would always take art class serious. I got art hung up in the office. I was so proud. I'll still whip out a good, like, painting if my wife and I go to, like, places where you drink wine and you paint. Like, I got some cool stuff I can show you on my Instagram. But, like, it was cool because, like, art was always, like, kind of that other side of my tie, like, that eccentric side of me that I couldn't show in baseball. And so, like, NFTs, which is basically, it's a non-fungible token. You can take a picture of anything. You can attach any data of information. You mint it, meaning you create it on the Ethereum blockchain and it is a one of one. So non-fungible. It can't be replicated. You can't copy and paste it. You can't, you own the data. You own the, the code to that. And the reason why that's cool is, for instance, like NFTs, what's cool about what they're doing is you can buy right now art is getting the main attention for an NFT. Um, People are getting into music. They're releasing albums as NFTs. They're releasing events as NFTs. And like, what you can do is you buy this NFT. You know, if you get them cheap, they can be seventy-five bucks. If not, they, a couple thousand. But like the artist, whoever made it, schedules events. So let's say you buy this NFT. They may have a private dinner party or a mansion party where only people that own that NFT. Sounds kind of culty now that I talk about it out loud. But it's like. <laughs> like secret society shit, but like (laughs) you get to be part of a community. And I think people are just really drawn to that nowadays. Like everyone wants to feel exclusive. Everyone wants to feel important. Everyone wants to say, I have this, you don't. And that's kind of inspired us to do what, what we're doing with drip. Like all these NFTs, man, they give back to the community. They donate money to causes. It's just cool. And like, you don't see that in normal business practice nowadays.
2: Yeah. I like that. And now I guess one of, one thing that I've heard when, NFTs have come from conversation is, and this is a naysayers view is, oh, well, NFTs came up because we're all at home and we needed to collect stuff. We're all on the internet. Amazon got big because of the fact we were inside. And that's how NFTs got big. But now that the world's opening up again, we're going outside again. NFTs are going to fall by the wayside. What do you say to someone who has that opinion?
1: You know, I've definitely heard it's a fad. At first, I would agree with that. But I've been heavily researching it for months and months, not to sway opinion because everyone does need to do their own research on it. The reason why I say that's a no, though, is because anytime you have culture mixed with a tech revolutionary boom, crazy stuff really starts to happen, right? Like when you start seeing Jay-Z, Jason Derulo, Steph Curry, Des Bryant, you start seeing these guys change their profile pictures, culture icons into NFTs. It's the same thing we saw with Twitter. Everybody was sitting there with Twitter saying like, I'm not going to sit there and tell people I'm going to the store and buying food and coming home. I'm not going to tell people I'm brushing my teeth. And guess what? Celebrities started doing it. Tech innovators started doing it. And then the everyday person, oh, I want to do that too. That doesn't necessarily justify my points. Like, okay, well, that's just copycat. The reason why I think NFTs are here to stay is because they can massively Increase efficiency and process within businesses. Businesses can do 10 times the amount of stuff they want in a moment's notice. There's this thing called the smart contract. That's how you get the meetups. That's how you do the sell the tickets. And guys, I mean, we're, it's 2021. I mean, Elon Musk is starting to take gold from Mars in 2026. Like, we'll still using credit cards, you know, in the gold standard. Like, technology doesn't slow down for anyone. And I think NFTs is that next that next wave.
2: Right, yeah, and it sounds like it's gonna evolve. I mean, like you said, Twitter was a bit of a novelty when it first came out, but that's where people go when they want to hear from Adam Schefter or Jeff Passan or mm-hmm. Woj in sports. So it's, it's, it's evolution. So it's interesting to see how it evolves over time.
1: But like you said, people are going outside more, you know, is that gonna, people may not be on their phones. Uh, you know, that's true. Like that's, people are on their phones all the time. They're stuck inside, but I think right now, I don't think it's going to slow down. I think it's going to continue to go.
2: All right. We'll look forward to seeing the progress. Colby?
0: Yeah, I've, I've stayed away from it just because I have such an addictive personality when it comes to things like <laughs> that. I like to collect, yep. so and I love art. I, I, love, I have a lot of tangible <laughs> art, but I've avoided wow. NFTs because I know if I get into it, uh, there's no stopping it. But I see it as something that will definitely stick around 100%. There's too many different avenues it can take, and it's not one particular product that people could eventually get bored of. Right. It's pretty limitless right. as to what you can get an NFT done of. So, because of that, it's definitely going to stick around and everything is digital commodity now. So, I, I don't see it going anywhere. Is your collection of NFTs huge?
1: It is. I have about 158 NFTs. Okay. I would say I got roughly, I was, I was in there early. So, I got a lot of projects cheap. The most i've paid for an nft i hate to say it but i'm also proud to say it was probably two to three k it's called a cool cat right okay it's a little blue cat and this thing or i have my profile picture called a gutter cat i paid a 1k for him they're worth about like 15 to 20 right now and it's not even about the money because like well as anything you want as an investor as a collector you know let's not sit here and say like yes nfts i love the art that's why it's my profile picture but to say that's like, whoa, I have something that other people want. Like, I have something that only 3,000 people have. Like, I get access to community memberships and stuff. Like, that's cool. So, my, uh, my collection, man, I got some gutter cats. I have cool cats. My wife has fame ladies, world of women, koala intelligence agency. That's a pretty cool one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got a lot.
0: Now, the, the gutter cat. Let's go to the gutter cat. The value on that yeah, is, yeah. is tied to what? <laughs>
1: So the gutter cat the value for that is tied to you get exclusive membership benefits. So for instance, there's this thing called GutterCon. Okay. It's happening in 10 days in Vegas. And the only way to get into GutterCon, Des Brian supposedly going to be there, a couple other high profile people are going to be there, but all you got to do is pay for your flight and they are giving you a free a free mansion party, a paintball place like you can go play paintball for free, a spa you get a spa day for free a pool party for free you get all these events for like a three-day weekend and it's this community and you get to hang out and you get to talk to people and so like they're paying people to like do stuff but that's not like that's just one thing they have they have a thing called the, the the metaverse so they teamed up with this company that makes these little animated characters and they're making, like, a video game out of the gutter cat. So, like, imagine, as you guys know, like, Halo 2 and, like, Halo? Yeah. Yeah, like, so, for instance, they're using these gutter cats to create a real-life video game that people can, like, like, guns and stuff attached to it. So, there's an entertainment aspect. Other NFTs, you get a royalty, like, they give you back a percentage of the sales, like, um, which is pretty cool. So, like, you get, uh for instance, there's this one called the Sympathy for the Devils, right? I'm not a Satanist. I so don't think that
0: rolling stones.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, that's where they were literally inspired and they're like these little devil dudes and uh, they got like different hats on like sombreros and they're cool. But like, so if you hold one of these things, the firm that owns them, they are like art flippers and they're NFT flippers. And so they are buying stuff and they're selling it high. And if you own one, you get 3% passive income from whatever they make. And so like, you know, you buy something for fifty bucks. These, you know, you guys saw those crypto punks being sold for, you know, fifty million dollars. Like, yeah, you're you're getting passive income from that drop for just holding that thing,
0: which is cool. Oh shit, man, I shouldn't have asked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Don't hey. But,
0: That's addictive. Oh man. Oh,
1: it's so addictive. <laughs> FOMO, man. Do not let that FOMO with NFTs are strong.
0: Are strong. Oh shit, me. <laughs>
2: Man, it, it's, it's ironic you mentioned Halo because you, you play for the Halos yourself, so... I love Halo. <laughs> We've had a pretty good chat, but I suppose we should talk a little bit about the the team that you used to play for. <laughs> I, be- mm-hmm. I believe you're still a fan of the Angels. I am, I am. Mate, you've played with possibly two of the best players in our generation, in Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Otani, in particular, is on a tear this season, he's in MVP Conversation. What was it like like pitching with him?
1: He was one of the most humblest down to earth people I've ever met. Same with Mike. Both people that will do anything for you, man. And you know, and that was the hardest part about walking away. Is like, you know, I felt like I was turning my back on some close friends. Like that's that's the one part of this whole situation. You know, I, I talked about earlier how I was happy. You know, I'm happy because I get to do things with my wife and build. But I'll tell you what, like that stuff when I I try not to think about it because it makes me sad that camaraderie i've built with those guys in that team for three years you know all that fun like getting to know them man seeing shohei otani do what he does seeing mike become you know i mean these guys are the best players in the world not being a part of that like that sucks man but at the same time you know i gotta do what's best for my wife and i always I i gotta make sure our mental side is taken care of before we can worry about others you got to work on yourself. If you want to help people, you know, you got to make yourself strong. And that's kind of where that decision was. But playing with them were, I mean, Shohei is one of the most diligent, hardworking people, a- athletic freak that I've ever seen. I mean, the stuff he does at six 6'5", his strength, just his flexibility, like his mobility, like same with Mike, like just strong, you know, driven individuals. And they both have a different style of play. Mike's definitely more laid back and he's just, a freak naturally Shohei is um a genetic freak too but like that man talk about putting in work I prided myself in working hard um I really did and I see that man just every day studying taking notes in the in the weight room taking his craft serious and it's like no wonder this guy's so good like you put the work in yes yeah, it's, it's it is ridiculous it's impressive
2: yeah and and he's, he's a bit like himself he proved people wrong because I remember the first couple of years some of the stuff they were writing about Shohei was was not nice. But, you know, this yeah. year, he's, he shut a lot of people up. It must feel good, man. I mean, yeah, man. there were so many haters. Like, he came
1: out hot. You know, he was throwing gas. Hitting was, like, a little inconsistent. But, like, pff, come on. Like, the stuff he's doing this year, dude. Like, I mean, it's it's stupid. Like, it's... it's I, I don't understand it. Like, that's what I wanted to do. Like, I love hitting and, like, playing outfield way more than pitching. Oh. I love being able to do, like, play the game of baseball like that i will say like i think being a pitcher put a bad taste in my mouth like growing up as a kid i always loved to hit more and play the field way more being in the dugout but i was always such a big kid i always threw hard always did these things a lot better than i did as a hitter and like going back if i could do a redo i would have for sure stuck with hitting man i really would have all right so you guys can find me at ty Butchery or you can find us on Clubhouse at Ty Butchery or Sam Green, BTL. We are currently working with a charity. They're doing a really good cause. They're donating catered meals to the minor leagues. It's Halos in the infield. You can find them on Instagram. My wife and I are currently working on putting together a roadmap of how we are going to start integrating a charity for the minor league system and stuff. But stay tuned on that. We don't have an official fund for that, but definitely halos in the infield fernando mendez is doing unbelievable things and um
2: yeah that's all i got right on, awesome man great chat but we'd love to have you back on later future to get an update on your businesses and the the, the charity work and yeah you're doing some great stuff well thank you guys no anytime reach out
1: i'm good to talk pretty easy going you guys can see i got an opinion on a few things but no this is awesome thanks for having me
0: no, right on. Great talking to you, Ty. I gotta go buy a couple of NFTs
1: now. Uh oh. Uh oh. Good luck. <laughs> hey, it's not financial advice. I have
2: to tell everyone so no one sees This is not e- <laughs> NFT talk. Was not financial advice. Disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right, All right buddy. guys. Have a good one. Have, have a good
1: two. day. Take care.